Good morning, church. Good to be here with you. I want to welcome those that are visiting for the first time, or if you haven't been here for a while, uh, welcome back. My name is Ray. I get to work with middle schoolers and their families. Uh, I have heard more farts, uh, smelled even more. I've heard basically every octave of a burp, uh, and I'm an expert at playing hide-and-seek in this church. And so whenever uh, Nate and Ron and people who uh, lead in the sermon planning uh, invite me to come teach, I'm like, yeah, I want to smell fresh air. So I'm here this morning with you guys, and, and uh, it's just good to be here. So good to be talking with, with adults and uh, not hear a fart during a message, so, or smell one. We are in a new series called uh, On Display, Christ in Me, in the book of 1 Timothy. And over the course of the next six weeks, we're going to be looking at various themes that Christ displays in us uh, through uh, this book in 1 Timothy. And so when we say that someone is on display, we're talking about believers. We're talking about those who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And when I think of things that are on display, I don't really think of myself. I don't know if you think of yourself being on display, but I, I think of going shopping and I see window dressing and, and mannequins. I, I think of going to museums and, and looking at art that is on display or statues that are on display. Uh, really, really strange story. Uh, when I think of the, the thing that's on display most, it creeps me out, but I always think of this mannequin in Chihuahua, Mexico. Uh, she's been affectionately known as La Pascualita. And basically, she's an 80-year-old mannequin that looks very lifelike. People believe that she is the daughter, a deceased daughter of the uh, shop owner, uh, the original shop owner. And she died basically on her wedding day from a spider bite. And she's so lifelike, she just kind of looks at you. And so when you're looking through the window... Uh, it almost seems like when you turn, her eyes turn with you. And so that kind of creeps me out when I think of something on display. I don't think of myself because I'm like, I don't want people looking at me. I don't want people to look at all my flaws and insecurities. I, I don't want that. But that's not what we're talking about over the next six weeks. We're, we're talking about Christ being displayed in us as believers. Uh, those who say yes to Jesus Christ, that Christ manifests himself on us, these qualities uh, that are of him. And, and so uh, as we look this morning, I, I want us to turn to the book of 1 Timothy. If you have your Bible, uh, it's going to be 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 17. If you don't have a Bible, there is a Bible in front of you in the pew back. We're on page 991. So I'll, I'll give you a second to get over there. 1 Timothy chapter 1. starting in verse 12, and we're going to read uh, to verse 17. Would you, would you rise for the reading of God's word as we, as we read this together? If you can, stand up. <clears throat> starting in verse 12. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy, 
and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the uh, reading of God's word. You can be seated. First Timothy is one of those uh, pastoral epistles that the Apostle Paul wrote. And Paul used this opportunity to encourage a young Timothy as he was leading the church in Ephesus. Uh, uh, Timothy was confronting all sorts of, of, of issues that this church was facing. It was a young church with a young pastor. Timothy, they say that he was probably around 30 years old at the time probably old to our standards, but very young in a, in a very Greek culture. And he was facing a, a lot of different problems that a, a young church faces, uh, leadership issues of, of how, uh, what, what qualifies a person to lead? How should we sing? How should we act in, in worship? Uh, he was also dealing with some unhealthy problems where people were teaching a different type of false doctrine. And so as Paul wrote, this letter from Macedonia to, to Timothy, he used the opportunity to encourage Timothy to be faithful and to not give up. You can imagine a young church with a young leader who, who might just get discouraged, and he's wondering, like, man, what, what, what do I do? What can I do? And this older Paul, who sees Timothy as his son, says, be faithful, don't give up. And so in this section, Paul recalls to Timothy's God's grace in his own life. And I want, to look, uh, want us to look at a few things that he recounts of Christ being on full display in his life. And so when we think about things that are on display, we're, we're looking in the life of Paul. What qualities of Jesus Christ were on display in his life? The first thing Paul wants us to see is that the gospel is on full display in us. The gospel is on full display in us. It is the good news of God's transformative grace through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, on the cross for the sins of the world. And when we say yes to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God does what he can only do, and that is transform. Uh, I, when I think of this word transform, I, I think of a, a small group I used to lead. I, I, I helped lead, uh, lead a, a freshman small group uh, years ago. And this group of freshman guys were just rowdy. I mean, if you thought middle school was, was crazy, uh, it doesn't change in their freshman year. And they were, uh, we were meeting in a children's classroom. And so uh, Leader and I, uh, my co-leader, we walked in and they were everywhere. They were all over the children's toys. They were like getting into like little small cars that they didn't, they couldn't fit in anymore, but they were still in it. And then we found several of them for some reason, and I don't know how they got up there, they went through the paneling of the ceiling and were hanging off the rafters. And this was small group, by the way. This is small group Wednesday night, and they were all Christians, uh, at least I thought so. And, and we, were, we were just thinking, like, this is going to be a long night. I'm just looking at my leader. And, but all of a sudden, it was uh, time to lead, and one of the students was in charge of leading that evening. And he gathered everyone around, and he brought over a bag of toys. 
And I'm thinking, he didn't get the message about teaching. So he, he opens up the bags of toys, and he says, hey, I want each of you guys to take one of these toys. And so the toys are being passed out, and they're, they're transformers. And the guys start playing around with it, manipulating it, and they're turning it in from, from robots to dinosaurs to cars to, to airplanes and turning it back. And the ninth grader looks at uh, the rest of his peers, and he just kind of says, all right, tonight I want to talk about how God transforms our lives. And the leader and I just look like, dang, he's preaching. So, oh my gosh. And, and that's what the gospel is. The gospel is on full display in us. When we, when we say that uh, God transforms our lives, we have nothing to do with it. It is only because of Jesus Christ. And the gospel makes a thorough and dramatic change in a person's life when they surrender to Jesus. And in doing so, the Christ follower is grateful. That's your first fill-in right there. It says, grateful, knowing that I don't deserve this. In verse 12 in this, in this passage, Paul thanks Jesus for appointing him to the ministry. Paul knew his past. He knew he didn't deserve God's grace or his redeeming love. But the text said that Christ, Jesus Christ, appointed Paul into the ministry. Jesus Christ judged him faithful, not any of his peers. Paul recognized with full gratitude that his appointment as an apostle to serve God wasn't deserved. We're going to see in the following verses why it wasn't deserved. But for now, understand when a person hears and he responds to the gospel, it's done, it's, it's done with a heart of gratitude. A few weeks ago, we had an evening with our middle schoolers. We, we had this joint event where uh, we joined up with Centerville Presbyterian Church and Resonate Church, and we had an evening of bubble soccer. If you don't know what bubble soccer is, that's like one of those top 10 things on your bucket list to do right next to skydiving. And so bubble soccer is this incredible opportunity where you get to hit a person legally, you know, and you are playing soccer. Well, sometimes they, they play soccer, but you are in an inflatable bubble soccer suit. It's covered from your head all the way below your knee, and the object is to try to score goals. But the students didn't really get that instruction. They just were running around everywhere and running into each other. And, and so as we're having this uh, great time, after about an hour or so, something real came about. The reality was that body odor in middle schoolers is real. And so as body odor kind of permeated, we took a break. We, we said, you know what, let's take a break. Let's gather everyone together. And the youth director at Centerville um, came and shared his story. He came to share the gospel story of how Jesus Christ transformed his life. He shared about this uh, when he was uh, middle school around uh, their age, he was very insecure and he wanted the sense of belonging. He wanted the sense of wanting to be accepted. And at summer camp, one of his leaders uh, did that for him. And as he heard that gospel story of how Jesus Christ accepted him just as he was, he surrendered his life to him. And, and so as he understood the gospel story, he's sharing this gospel story with this room full of smelly students. And you couldn't hear anything. They were silent. 
you could hear the pin drop and no one else would be talking. And as he shared the gospel story in his life, he invited other students to trust Jesus Christ for the first time. And that evening, two students raised their hand to trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's a heart of gratitude. Understanding that we don't deserve any of this. If you are a Christ follower, you should have a heart of gratitude that nothing you and I could do could ever earn God's favor. It is by grace that we are saved. And it is in Christ alone that he appoints us to ministry. And God can use you, just like uh, Pastor Nate was saying, it's like you could be that person sitting in the pew today and off somewhere halfway around the world tomorrow. But I think the very first thing we need to understand is that we need to surrender our lives to him. Not only is the Christ follower grateful, the Christ follower is also humble. I was messed up and far from God. In verses 13 to 15, Paul saw the incredible change and direction in his life. He recounted to Timothy his story, that before Christ, listen to this, he was a blasphemer, he was a persecutor, and he was an insolent opponent. Imagine having that on display for all eternity. It's written here that he was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent. We don't need to look very far about uh, Paul's past. We can flip back a couple books to the book of Acts and see in chapter 7 and 8 how Paul was standing in approval as Stephen was being stoned, as stones were being hurled left and right. Paul just stood in approval, nodding his head. He was Saul of Tarsus back then, but you could see that he was one of the chief persecutors. He was made sure that those that followed Jesus Christ were put in jail for their beliefs. But the text says that Paul gave, Christ gave Paul inexplicable mercy, overflowing grace, and faith and love that's only found in Jesus Christ. You see, Paul can't take any credit for his conversion or his change or his outlook. It's only in Christ alone that his hope and our hope is found. He went from being ignorant and a total unbeliever to one whose faith is marked by love uh, and action. Paul knew that he was totally messed up. He was far from God, and his recognition of his past and present put him in a very humble position. He was very open and willing to share of his past because he knew what Jesus Christ did for him. And he concludes his past by reminding Timothy This is the reason, the true reason, and the basis of the gospel in verse 15. It says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Foremost, I'm the worst one. I'm the chief sinner. See, the gospel is on full display. It's Christ who saves sinners. That is the message for us as believers and those who have yet to believe. And this is Christ's agenda and his mission And it is the mission of our church and the church uh, to communicate that to the world uh, in heartfelt worship. See, being humble only happens when our faith not only permeates our head, but it goes into our heart completely. And we allow God to transform our lives. Finally, uh, we see that uh, Christ displays patience. 
that I can wait on God because he waits on everyone. In verse 16, Paul says that Jesus displays his perfect patience. It's fitting that Jesus would be the one that would be the most patient with us. I don't know about you, but I lost my patience a, a couple times this week. Uh, it was about the silliest things, you know, my, my, my daughter not getting skiing as a, as a four-year-old yet, you know, or, you know, not having my morning coffee. Maybe you struggled with being patient this week because someone cut you off uh, while you were driving, or someone didn't go when the red light turned to green light, or that, that, um, that assignment that you're waiting for uh, from your coworker didn't turn up on time, and you were just losing your patience. See, Jesus displays his perfect patience in us. Instead of wrath, he gives us mercy. Instead of abandoning and giving up, he comes closer. And with the Apostle Paul, he could have done both. He could have abandoned him, and he could have given him uh, his wrath, God's wrath. But to know Jesus Christ's perfect patience is to know the love of God the Father. You see, it's God the Father who showed perfect patience uh, in Abraham. We looked at uh, Abraham's life and story a few months ago of how Abraham kept on messing up over and over again. But God in his patience and mercy gave him another chance. He showed himself to Moses when Moses failed numerous times to uh, be obedient to him. And he reminded Moses that he is a God that is full of compassion slow to anger, and abounding in faithfulness. Note what Paul is saying here in verse 16, that Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. See, this verse is about us here, you and I, those who are followers of Jesus Christ and those who have yet to believe. That instead of wrath and judgment on Paul, Christ used his life that he might be on full display as an example for us to believe. Jesus used Paul's past, his persecuting ways, his insolent uh, attitude, his his arrogance uh, to change his life 180 degrees so that we might believe. See, Christ has uh, patiently waited for us and he's going to continue to wait for us those that will believe in him for eternal life. This has incredible application for us because I don't know about you, but I I have many friends that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we wonder sometimes, you know, because we're trying so hard to invite them to church or just be friendly or, or to reflect Jesus Christ, weeks pass or months pass or years pass. And we wonder, it's like, when are they going to hear the gospel and respond to it? But it says here that Jesus Christ has patiently waited for us. See, if God can save and set apart Saul of Tarsus, the Apostle Paul, the chief sinner, the one who had so many flaws and faults, so many uh, imperfections and a lot of baggage, he can set apart anyone and he can save anyone. God can save anyone that he desires. Last week, we, we had an incredible time of worship for Easter Sunday. We got to hear the resurrection story of how Jesus Christ rose from the grave on the third day. 
And we, we heard this incredible uh, testimony through baptism. And in the first service, uh, one of the baptism stories that uh, stuck with me uh, was Rashika Mahapatra. Uh, she's a senior at Mission San Jose. And as she was sharing her story of how Jesus Christ transformed her life, she shared uh, just a brokenness. She shared just a past that uh, was, was really just stuck. Um, she shared about her Hindu background that she used to go to the temple with her and her family and they, she would uh, worship all these different deities, but they didn't quite make sense to her. And she uh, started searching, started searching for God. And one of her friends in third grade shared the gospel story to her and said that if you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to hell. And for a third grader, that bothered her tremendously. And as she was hearing that story, she called out to God because she said, I'm Hindu. My mom and dad are Hindu. My sister is Hindu. There's no way for, for us to change. And she started calling out to God, any God, said, if you are truly who you say you are, you need to show up to me and my family. And through a horrible tragedy, um, God gave her and her family hope. And she placed her trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so did her parents. And as she shared her story last week, it was just an incredible reminder that God can save anyone. It doesn't matter how long it's going to take. It doesn't matter who you are or the baggage or the past that you have. God is the one who is displaying his perfect patience. See, for us, this is how we can apply that to our lives because we might have friends that, or family that have yet to trust Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we're wondering, how is that going to be possible? Because, you know, we've invited them to church or we've, we've had them over at our home. We've even shared the gospel story and yet they've yet to respond. But we should be reminded we should continue to pray for them because it can take years or months or even days. But sometimes people are very just closed off to the gospel, much like the Apostle Paul was. But what it does mean is that I can wait on Christ. If God can save anyone and he has perfect patience for everyone, then I can wait on him. You see, when Christ is on full display, every single detail of my life points heavenward. When Christ is on full display, every single detail in my life points heavenward. The Apostle Paul um, closes this section and encourages Timothy just in this doxology, this act of worship in verse 17. And, and he basically says, he describes Christ as the king of the ages, sovereign over all creation. He's immortal, he's invisible, and he's the only God who deserves glory and honor forever and ever. See, Christ is up here and we're down here, but yet when he is on full display, we represent him. We represent his qualities of being gracious, of being humble, of being patient. Christ can only do the things that, um, that we can't do. He does the impossible. For us, we can't have gratitude without seeing the magnitude of our own depravity. No one can be humble without looking at our past 
And God still in his mercy saves us. No one can be patient without looking at Christ's effort to patiently wait for those who have yet to believe. So when Jesus Christ is on full display, every single detail of my life points heavenward. And this is how it could look in our lives. Perhaps today you came in here because you have a lot of fear or concern or worry. You kind of look at the news this week or just kind of culture in general, and you're wondering, it's like, what's going on? You know, you're worried about your children at school, or you're worried about your job security, or you're concerned about what's going to happen with your finances. But when Christ is on full display, these kind of details, my fears and concern, are lifted upwards. I can cast my, my cares and concerns because God knows them. He knows every single detail of my life, even before I speak it out. And he reminds me that when I'm experiencing fear of what I see on the news or what I hear uh, in our culture and our community, he reminds me that this is not your battle. This is my battle. Uh, it belongs to me. Does fear and worry concern you this morning? Christ has won. He reminds us not to worry, but to seek him first. Maybe it's not fear or concern, but it's just relationships in general. You might have a strained relationship with, with someone in your family or a coworker, and you're just wondering, like, how is this going to be possible? You see, when Christ is on full display, you got to understand that people are looking at you because they're looking at what Jesus Christ has done in your life. It causes us to find our security in Jesus Christ. When someone is not lovable or when someone is very short, we can look to Jesus Christ as the source of love and of patience. We can ask God to grant us patience each day uh, to, to work with our, our family, to work with our coworkers, our neighbors, uh, to love people, to confront people in their brokenness, and offer them grace and truth. Finally, maybe it's uh, when we're, we're saying that Christ is on full display, every single detail, maybe it's purpose that you're, you're thinking about uh, this morning. What's my purpose? What am I here for? Why am I taking algebra in the fifth grade? I mean, that makes no sense. You know? Or why am I working with this incredibly difficult boss? Why are my neighbors the way they are? Uh, what is God calling me to do? See, if Christ saved you, he has set you apart. He's created you with purpose. Your job, your school, your neighbors, they all have meaning now. Paul reminded us that he saved us for good works. He planned all these things uh, to be the way that we live our lives, very selflessly and unconditionally. You see, the place that God puts you in right now whether it's a job, whether it's a school, even at home, it's for a reason. The people that are over you, whether it's mom or dad or uh, your teachers or your bosses, you are where you are uh, because God has put you there. This morning, I want you just to ask yourself a question as we finish. Where are you with Christ? Is he on full display in your life? 
Does he cause you, as you, you look at your life and look at your past and you look at the things that you were, does it make you uh, respond in worship to him when you see what he has done for you and I? If not, what would it take for you to reprioritize your life in order to do so? Perhaps you're hearing this today and you have yet to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and his message to save sinners. That's you and I. May I encourage you not to wait, that Christ is patiently waiting for you to respond to his message, his gospel, his good news. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the good news of your son, Jesus Christ, who who lived a perfect life, a sinless life, but was put on a cross, crucified, was dead and buried, but three days later rose from the grave. We thank you for uh, your faithfulness. We thank you that when we think about our lives on display, uh, we need not worry uh, because we're asking that you reflect uh, your life in our life. God, I pray that as we learn what it means to display a life of gratitude, display a life of humbleness, and display a life of patience, help us understand that uh, it has significant um, impact on the people who see us every day because what they're trying to see is the hope that we find in you. And so, Father, thank you that you never fail us. Thank you that you uh, give us hope Uh, You give us patience. Uh, You give us a new day uh, to trust in you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Bridges Community Church Sermon Podcast. Bridges Community Church is located in the San Francisco Bay Area in Fremont, California. To know more about Bridges Community Church, please go to our website at bridgescc.org.